Today's message is entitled <laughs> Privacy Policy. Privacy Policy for whatever you do. There are things in life that need privacy policies and they only apply to certain things, but we need privacy policies for whatever it is we do. So look at that very carefully. Privacy policy for whatever it is you do. So when I talk about privacy policy, um, I'm talking about the understanding of what's private and protected to you. Um, talking about what information or what aspect of your life is public and accessible. Um, I'm talking about what most Christians consider to be, watch this, watch this. Most Christians consider to be their private life, uh, watch this, versus their accessible Christian life. You know, some folk got that Christian life that, you know, they come out and say, oh, praise the Lord. And then they got that private life, though, <laughs> that you don't, re you don't rightly have access to. Um, many people have this Christian life that's accessible, uh, which most feel obligated to as a sacrifice to others. Uh, but when they revert to their private life, you know, that, hey, that, hey, now, that fun life, you know, the private life is the fun life. The Christian life is the, the sacrificial life is what I do for the Lord. People think God watches you at church. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. People think God watches you at church, but doesn't watch you when you're having sex. Or drinking. You think God doesn't watch you when you're getting high? You think God doesn't watch you when you're lying? You, you think he only watches you at church? You think he doesn't see you when you flip somebody off driving by and road rage in the car or, or whatever sin you're committing? You think he doesn't? Well, he's sitting right there. God is right there. He's sitting right next to you while you're cussing, fussing, doing whatever it is that you call private life. Oh, come on. And we need to be reminded of this, that God is in your private life. And if we don't remind ourselves of this, people often use the religious life to weaponize themselves with certain actions in the name of God. You know, when people get real religious and they get deep, I, I'm, I'm doing this because the Lord told me to. They hurt you because God told them to. A lot of Middle Eastern religions, some Middle Eastern religions do hurtful things in the name of Allah, right? They believe they, believe they are blowing up things or, or destroying nations and countries and people because of their religious beliefs. Many wars have been started 
because of religious belief. And this is due to people separating their lives in a way that misunderstands how God's privacy works. Stay with me for a moment. My point is how you separate or don't separate your lives or how you privatize, watch this now, this is it, Cynthia, how you privatize your lives impacts your actions. Privacy impacts what you do. Because if you think what you're doing is not being seen, that you think is private, you might act one way. But if you think that people are watching you, you're like, oh, don't do that. You, you, people watching you, people watching you. You're going to act a certain way. So privacy, how you, how you privatize your life impacts how you act. Is anybody tracking? You understanding what I'm saying? People see work as work. People see Home as home, act one way at work, act another way at home, and they call that life. And they say work life, work home, home life balance, you know, you got to balance it. But understanding privacy doesn't necessarily see life in so many parts. And the reason we are misunderstood is because our privacy policy, we don't even understand it. <laughs> let me explain. Uh, let's talk about private practice. I will use private practice as an example to help explain this. Can I take my time this morning? Just allow me to take my time. Uh, private practice, it means, you know, you can see it on the screen, you're self-governed. Uh, private practice is when you're able to stand on your own, you're doing business your way, self-fulfilling, self-forming. All of these things can be managed in a private practice. So there's, there's a difference between private practice and corporate world. You tracking? So watch this now. All of us, Wendy, All of us, in a sense, ought to enter into what is called private practice. What I mean by that? Private practice is when a doctor or a lawyer no longer works for a large firm or hospital, but they decide to go into business practicing their craft on their own. Eh, Talking about privacy policy. As Christians, watch this now, at some point we all should ourselves become businesses or become walking LLCs, limited liability corporations, in business with God, but we bear much of the responsibility for our actions. So if we bear responsibility for our actions, we must learn how to privatize or how the privacy of our lives impacts our actions. What I mean by this, I mean that 
As we grow and mature in God, we ought to enter into our own private practice. In other words, as you grow in the church, as you go through Sunday school, as you learn, you sing in the choir, you get better, you've been there for three years, five years, as you grow, you ought to grow into your own private practice in the sense of leaving the church quasi slash religious dependencies behind to establish your own Christian identity, your own brand, and your own presence. In other words, the more you grow and mature in God, the more you leave your dependency upon the church to be your Christian identity and connection to God. You tracking? So as you grow, you ought to leave the church depending on the pastor, depending on the choir, depending on the deacon, depending on whether the usher affects your mood or the parking affects your mood or all these things about the church. I don't like the song they sang. Anybody who is so frustrated with the church that you don't want to come back no more, you have not learned private practice. So through our training, growth, and maturity, we become, put it back on the screen for me, please, self-governed. We become able to stand on our own. We become able to do business the way we want to. We do, we do it our way. So that way we won't have to get mad about what anybody else is doing. The lawyer in private practice doesn't have to do what all the partners want. They do what they want. And then that becomes self-fulfilling. People leave corporate and people leave you know, large organizations because they're not fulfilled. But when they can do it with their own unique spin and identity, it becomes self-fulfilling. And a lot of people only have the identity of church, of religious connectivity, and they're not fulfilled. And then private practice is self-forming. You can form it into, you can form the business how you want to. And you're less dependent upon people forming life the way they want it to be formed. So to me, watch this now. Listen, this is going to be critical. This is going to be critical, Ben. To me, this is where it is critical to the church to not only learn how to take people in. We're good at that. But we must learn how to let people go as well. We must Build people into learning to act on their own. But one reason we aren't good at letting people go is because we have not established good privacy policies. We teach people in church to act one way, but we don't teach them how to act that way in different realms so their life becomes bifurcated or compartmentalized all over the place. They become different at work, different at school, different at home, different at church because we haven't taught them God's privacy policy. Are you tracking? We have to learn the art of pushing people out of their safety nets. And I know it's scary. I know it's unfamiliar. I know it's new territory, but it's necessary. And Christians are 
horrible at letting people go. Letting things go. Letting traditions go. Because we associate an event or a tradition or a place with God. And God does not live in a building. He does not live in a moment. He does not live in a place. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. So you think, let me put on my church clothes. So you dress one way at church, but you dress. I read online, a friend of mine, she wouldn't mind. A friend of mine had, she she had a joke. She said her bishop was, was, um, was making fun of her about the the dress she wore at church. And she said, the bishop said, uh, leave your, your Vegas dresses in Vegas. <laughs> uh, so we've got, we don't, we don't know how to dress. Uh, we don't know how to represent in different situations because our privacy policies are skewed. Don't no eagle sit on its egg forever. No lion takes the cub under them forever. At some point, they take them out into the wild and let them fend for for themselves. That's the only way they're going to learn. But what is a privacy policy? I knew you was going to ask me that, Riri. I knew you was going to ask me that. So let let uh, let me share that with you. All right, what is a privacy policy? So privacy policy is this. Uh, I want us to understand the actions of privacy or actions of a private nature. Um, These privacy policies impact our actions or a nature. So a privacy policy is a statement or a document that explains all the ways a company or an entity gathers, uses, discloses and manages your customer information. So it could range from your personal identification, like your name, your address, your phone number, financial records, um, background checks, uh, medical history, where you travel, uh, online patterns, all that stuff. If you do anything online, if you do anything online, you set up your travel, you set up, you, you, you pay bills on it, that's financial information. You travel, that's travel information. You give email address, phone number, address, name, full name, that's contact information. All of that information is subject to privacy laws. And those that information needs a privacy policy to determine how it will be governed on different platforms. So any information about your life that is collected has to be disclosed on how it will be used and stored as your right and for your protection. So when we talk about God's privacy law, we're talking about how information is collected on you, how it will be disclosed. In other words, how much people can see, how much people can access, what is your right to be private, and what is your protection. But, 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 when it comes to Christians, and that's the privacy policy we talk about online, when it comes to Christians, believers think that only what I do at church or as a Christian 
is your business. You know, in other words, you, 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 my business is when I come to church, that, that, that's, you can see that, but my private life is my private life. Come on, pastor. You didn't know that ain't your business. That ain't your business. Now what I'm doing in the club, that ain't your business. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, not so fast. Not so fast. The privacy, the actions of privacy, uh, play a different role when it comes to God. So people think that their private lives are separate from their spiritual lives and that there is a time for church uh, and church work, religious activities, and there's time for themselves and there's time for the family. Most people who think this way don't understand God's privacy policy. Watch this now. Watch this. Have you ever looked at the apps that you download on your Apple phone or your Android? They come with what's called permissions. You have to give permissions for them to be able to access information. All kind of people stop downloading the messenger on Facebook because they've heard the messenger has access to your contacts and your phone calls and your records and, and all of that on your device. And so people stop saying, I'm not using messenger no more. Oh, baby, you still exposed in all kind of other ways. Though any website you go to, if you go to pastorcherry.org, at the bottom of the screen, there will be a, a, a privacy policy or a cookie policy that comes up to let you know we're collecting information from you. Any website you go to will track where you're coming from, where what they'll get some information from you. So all your apps you download, the websites you, you visit, even where you work, your human resources has to have a privacy policy about what they do with your social security number. All of your financial records, your information are subject to privacy policies. Even the HIPAA law that protects medical records is to protect privacy. So a privacy policy is created to let people know how much of their private lives or information will be used or accessed and disseminated while working at the job or visiting the website or using the app. How much of that information is going to be accessible? It is designed in a way to protect you. So the whole point of God's privacy policy is to help you understand how much of your life is going to be accessed and disseminated. How is God going to use the information that he has on you? Because some stuff, boo, you ain't told nobody. There are sites you may have visited, but you haven't told anybody. And there are things that keep a track of data and information about things you've done. God wants you to know what he plans to do with the lie you told that nobody found out. God wants you to know what is his privacy policy because if you found out that somebody knew you lied, it's going to affect how you act towards them. So some of us act a certain way because people don't know. They haven't seen that part. Ah, God, I hope you're hearing what I'm saying. So when it comes to God's privacy, I wrote this in bold letters. All is used and accessed by God all the time, all of it. 
Every aspect of your life is accessed by God. And he wants you to know how he's going to use it. And we're going to disclose that in a moment. So there is no sacred or secular split. God looks at everything you do. When you go to the behind the wall to hide a privacy policy in effect, accessible and viewable by God. Everything you do, everything you think, everything you say, because some of y'all think I didn't say it, and because it, 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 I didn't say it, it got a pass. Nope, but you thought it, privacy policy in effect. God says accessible and reviewable. Oh man, I hope I'm, t- God, watch this now. So we are not to compartmentalize our lives to matter differently when in different situations. We must not start, you know, well, I'm with my boo, I'm a husband, and then I'm a man, and then I'm a Christian, and then I'm a this. The totality of our lives, Lou, is to be governed by God always. So the question becomes, what does the transition into private practice look like and how do we get a better understanding of our new privacy policy so Colossians 3 23 and 24 will answer that for us today hang on we're going for a ride now I need to just pause for a minute I've given you some information I've tried to go slow on that and try to help you understand what we're talking about in terms of privacy policy Privacy policy has to do with how much of your information is accessed, how much of your life is disclosable. When you go online, even the government is having problems with this this ID uh, 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 unit they use now. When you go online to look at your tax information, you no longer can just log in with an email address. You have They scan your face for an ID or you cannot access it. So... Comes it turns out the company that was using the the scanner uh, was using it stuff popping up in other places, and so your face now may be subject to another organization somewhere. Now I don't know all the ins and outs of how that works and the, the dynamics of it, but there's reason to cause concern. So you go scanning your face on someone, what did your face pop up somewhere? So the privacy policy is in place whenever somebody gets information from you. So do you understand that whenever you interact with somebody, whenever you connect with somebody, there is a privacy policy that's in effect. And how you understand that privacy policy determines how you will act towards them. Woo! All right, let's let's move on. I may I just be excited myself. All right, the text says, let me read the passage. The text says, whatever you do, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. 24 says, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. So I'm gonna read it again. Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. Now, let me help you with this. The context of today's text, I don't have time to go through all of it, I'm just going to give it to you. 
In Colossians 3.23, the context of today's text is talking about the Christian slave at that time, the Christian slave working for a master. That is the text in its original, that's the context in the original writing. In today's context, if we brought that text in today's context, this would look like an employee who's working for an employer. Watch this now. This is important because I talked about leaving corporate to go to private practice. So we're talking about how do we act when we are in business. But if we see our lives as a, an LLC, a private business, then these rules apply to us in terms of establishing a work ethic. So the text really promotes the type of work ethic that can apply to service to God as you would an earthly person or business in private practice as well. Are you tracking? So let's take a deeper look into the text that will teach us all a better lesson on private practice and God's privacy policy. All right. Watch this now. So the first thing I want to introduce is you have the whole world to choose from. You have the whole world to choose from. The first point I want to make about transitioning yourselves from the realm of uh, uh, religious forging into the daunting realm of private practice and God's new policy is this. So as listen, as you move from this religious um, uh, tentacle that connects you uh, and controls you, uh, you, you, you must learn the, the avenue of a new privacy policy, which impacts how you're going to reach the world. Well, point number one is you have the whole world to choose from. So in other words, you're now dealing with, watch this, you're now dealing with the whole world and not just a single church. Ooh, watch this now. You're now dealing with the whole world, which is filled with different ideologies, philosophies, thought processes, religious beliefs, people, backgrounds, everything. You ain't ready for that. You ain't ready for that. You, if your privacy policy doesn't know how to treat that, you won't know how you will go into corporate. You will go into a new business, new job talking about good morning. Praise the Lord, everybody. Here's my report. People be looking at you like good morning. Praise the Lord. Hold on. Wait, this ain't church. This is corporate because you don't know how your life is exposed, how to disseminate your life and use the information in your life in different circumstances. So watch this now. You have the whole world to choose from, which means nothing is off limits. Watch this. I'm going to get you, Lawanda. I'm going to get you. Nothing is off limits. In other words, God looks at it all. God is looking. You think God is looking right now only at churches. Oh, church is going on in the world. God is looking at the skating rink. He's looking at the beaches. He's looking at the malls. He's looking at people driving on the freeway right now. All of it is under his privacy policy. So let's look at the text again. Here's the text. The text says, first part of the text says, and all, whatever you may do. Look at that. And all, this is how the Greek construction is. It says, and all, whatever you may do. So watch this. I was, I was saying 
here and all whatever you may do. So watch this now. He says, in all, so we said the whole world to choose from. He says, in all, in all the world, he says, whatever, whatever you pick from that to do, he says, that's doable. So out of all the world, he says, whatever you pick, he says, whatever you pick out of all the world, he says, you may do. Whoa, wait a second. So out of all these things in the world, whatever you choose to do out of the all, whatever you choose out of all the things in the world, see, watch this now, already it messes up your concept because you're, you were trained to think you only pick things out of church. You only pick things out of what the religious says, out of spiritual background. Oh, I, I better, I better, uh, in other words, so point this. So you come out of church, you grow up in church, you say, oh, well, I'm going to be an usher. I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to be a missionary. I'm going to be an evangelist. That's all you picking from. God says, my privacy policy covers entertainment, law, business, medicine, engineering, construction, wildlife, boy, it's, it's, so it seems like what it seems like God is saying, you can literally do anything you want as long as you do it unto God. So it's sort of like the internet. You can go anywhere on the internet you want to, as long as you go in God's name. Watch this. He says, now, now you can't do sin unto God. You can, that ain't going to work. So, you know, that's off limits. That's no brainer. You can't go out, kill people and say, that's for God. That, uh, that ain't work. So that, that ain't going to work. You know, that ain't going to work, you know, <laughs> but what, <laughs> but whatever can be done in goodwill and good taste before God, he says, it's a go. So let's look at the Greek word in this text. The Greek word, put the uh, scripture back on the screen for me, please. He says, and all, whatever you may do. So the first word there is whatever, which is uh, in Greek, it's ho. It's ho, rough breathing sound, uh, ho, which means what, who, which, whatever, like, what. In other words, if any, if any, any hypothetical occurrence you can imagine, any any, any what, any, any who, any which, any it that you can do. Woo, watch this now. Privacy policy enables it. So the first one is ho. He says, whatever, and he says, whatever you do, whatever you do. Remember the title is a privacy policy for whatever you do, right? The title is a privacy policy for whatever you do. So whatever you do, the privacy policy, cat dog it. Man, this is good teaching. I'm mad if y'all don't understand it. Listen, I take that back strict from record. <laughs> Listen, so God says, I have a privacy policy that will protect you better if you do it my way. Instead of interacting with the world, trying to hide stuff. <laughs> I'll teach you how to interact with the world, exposing everything and not worrying about their judgment. Ooh. Ooh. So the second word is whatever you do. So whatever, which, what, that, it, he says you do, which in the Greek is poieo, which means whatever you make. He talking about going into private practice, talking about stop being dependent on the church and deciding 
picking something that you want to do. And it says, whatever you do, in other words, whatever you leave the religious constraints of to establish your own private practice of Christian business, the family business preached it all last year. He says, whatever you make, And to do, he says, whatever you make, whatever you produce, whatever you bear, whatever you shoot forth, providing a thing for oneself, whatever you make to make something out of nothing, whatever you appoint, whatever you ordain, whatever you declare to be, God dog it, whatever you make someone else do. In other words, you don't even have to do it, but it happens because you led them to do it. Oh, to author a thing, whatever you write, whatever you pen, whatever you create, whatever you cause to bring about. He says, I got a privacy. You need a privacy policy to cover it. You need, listen, listen, whenever I write a song, whenever I author a book, there are, there are intellectual rights. There are property rights. There are all kinds of licenses that are needed to establish protections, to keep people from taking from you, using it, duplicating it, rehashing it, calling it theirs. And isn't that our lives? Our lives are run amok by people who strip us. They're not licensed to use us. They take advantage of us. They restate what we say and they say it wrong, but it comes back to us. People are using us in ways that are wrong because we don't understand God's privacy policy. Oh man, this is good. People think serving God is religious and boring and that it must be church related. That if I'm godly, I got to be a deacon. No, you don't. I might be too busy to be a deacon. I send my tithes. I come to church. I support in different ways. I may be an advisory council, but I can't deacon. It just needs to, listen, whatever you do, it doesn't have to be church related. That's what I'm saying. Stop thinking church. Start thinking God. Now, I'm not against the church and I'll clear that up in a minute, but I'm I'm trying to say that the church often places limitations. It gives us uh, 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 not the full teaching of how to let us out in the world. They only teach us how to come into the church and worship and be in the building. But we don't teach people how to be out of the building because we don't even have good privacy. Do you know how many churches have a privacy policy? Do you know how many? I wish I could. I wish I could look it up right now. How many churches have an established legal document, a privacy policy of what they do with people's information? Because the church be the first one. You come down the altar to pray. Let me get your name. Uh, let me get your phone number. Let me get your address. And the people don't even know what you're doing with that information. You can sell it to a third party and have them be spoofed or fished or emailed and scammed and all kind of stuff. Churches bear responsibility from a business perspective to understand the privacy policies. Oh, so watch this. I want to excite you again about life and whatever you do, do it under God's privacy policy and extends to whatever you do out of all the things in the world you decide to do. God can and he will collect data on it. 
Whatever you're doing in the world, he is collecting data on it and he will use it to make some decision about how he's going to use that information for or against your life. Don't you understand that how you act impacts what you receive from God? Oh my God. So God is always collecting data on you. He's collecting data to determine how he's going to chasten you or bless you. Now God is a God of grace. God is a God of mercy, but even his grace is chastening you. Even his grace is blessing you. His withholding things from you is his mercy on your life. I'm telling you that God is collecting data on you, but if you understand the privacy policy, you will start acting a certain way that bends to your benefit more than to your chastisement. Are you tracking with one? Oh my God. I hope. All right, next move. Number two, got to move on. Number two, Ben. Oh God, not going to make it. Not going to make it. Number two, if you're going to do it, do it. All right. You, first of all, you got the whole world to choose from. Second one, if you're going to do it, do it. All right. So look, whatever you pick to do in your private practice, whatever you pick to do in your private practice, do it. So you leave this institution, you're leaving your, going to your private practice. You got the whole world to choose from. Whatever you do is under the privacy policy, but it will be succumbed or, or, or scrutinized by how you do it. You are the one who are going to do it. The church isn't going to rescue you. The church isn't out there where you are working. It's Tuesday. Church is closed. Pastor's off on Monday. Do not text or call. Pastor is on vacation. The choir is not rehearsing. The church is locked. Chains on the door. What will you do? That's all I'm saying. What action will you perform, Tony? What will you do? It all depends on how you see your privacy policy. If you're running around scared, looking, thinking, even if you're scared of God, like he's going to knock you over with a hammer, you ain't going to do nothing because you let your fear drive you. But if you understand that God is looking at you as to be with you so as to give you the scope of your blessing and impact, you will understand that while he's looking on me, he's covering me with his own blood too. So don't have to be afraid that he's going to knock me over the head because wherever sin abound, grace does much more abound. I understand the privacy policy. Oh man, this is good. So you, you are the one who have to do it. And too many Christians have relegated the religious spirituality to the church. Well, pastor going to reach him. I just send my money. It's the church going to do it. And here we are back at the church. The church is that one entity and that whole religion is the one entity when the world is full of buildings that are not churches and those buildings need to be filled with people who come from church. Amen. Is anybody tracking what I'm saying? So move on. Got to go faster. 23. And whatever you do, he says, do it. So out of all the things in the world, whatever you're going to do, he says, do it. So do it, do it, just do it, right? Do it. What does that mean? Do it means work at it, labor at it, throw everything you have at it. God says, I'm going to allow you to pick anything you want. Go pick any. Mom used to say, we go to thrifties or uh, 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 Schaefer's. 
not Schaefer's, uh, uh, Thrifty's, I think it was, and it had the, the ball, uh, basket with the color balls in it. Mom said, pick whatever color was another color you want out the basket, or you get ice cream, get whatever flavor you want. It was five cent, five cent at the Thrifty, get whatever flavor. In other words, God is saying to you, oh my God, he's saying Pick whatever you want. You want to be a surgeon? Do it. Well, you want to be an engineer? Do it. You want to be a nurse? Do it. You want to be a hairstylist? Do it. He says, whatever you're going to do, though, do it. I ain't doing it for you. Church ain't doing it for you. Family ain't doing it for you. Grandma ain't doing it for you. She prayed for you, but you got to do it. So somebody taps somebody and say, do it. In other words, whatever you do, do it. In other words, the term for do it is, in the Greek, is ergatsomai. It means to work it. You better work it. It'll work it if it work it. You gotta work it. So you've got to labor at it. You've got to do the work. You've got to make gains by trading. Do business. Work out. You ain't going to lose weight. You don't work out. Stop it. Work out. Perform. Exercise. Commit. Make something that didn't exist, exist. You've got to make it happen. Earn it by working. Just like websites and social media and Google track your actions. God is tracking what you do and how you do it. All I'm trying to tell you today is that everything you do, God is watching it. God is watching what you do and it's going to make a difference. So if you're going to do it, you might as well do it. I'm telling you, don't be sitting up there talking about, I wish I would have done it. I prayed about doing it. I didn't have this to do it. My father left me when I was 12. That's why I didn't do it. I'm in a divorce. I didn't do it. I don't got no money. Didn't do it. I don't know how to do it, but didn't do it. You got all these excuses of why you didn't do it. God is saying green light. Hello, everybody online. Go do it. Hey, go do it. Everybody online. Terry, Riri, Lil Ben, Big Ben, Tony, John, Sharon, Luanda, Tia, Lou, Grizz, everybody. I'm saying to you, God says, whatever you want to do, go do it. Feed the fox if you want to, Lou. Just go and do it. Here it is. Watch this now. All right, let me go on. So wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me go back. Wait, 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 wait. Let me go back. So he says, number one, we talked about uh, uh, you got to work it. Uh, 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 yeah, let me go on to number three. Let's keep moving. So number three, always do it from the heart. If you're going to do it, do it from the heart. So whatever it is you, what it, you leave in the church, start your private practice, pick from the world, whatever you do, do it, but always do it from the heart. Tap somebody say, do it from the heart. All right now, always do it from the heart. So here's how you can know what you do is going to be good. Because you're doing it from the heart. In other words, you know something is good when you're doing it from the heart. You got to do it from the heart. So from the heart means heartily, not from constraint or force. You got to do it out of your soul. In other words, whatever you're doing out of duty or force or command, uh, you're probably not going to see the good results out of it. Your actions are going to reflect the force on... Ooh, that's powerful. Wait a minute. The actions are going to reflect the force on your life. So a lot of people commit actions out of pain and out of hurt. And your actions reflect the force of the pain and the hurt from your life. He just Kanye'd me again. He dropped that in there. So what I'm trying to tell you is that you must learn a privacy policy for that hurt and pain. You must not suppress it, hide it, compartmentalize it. 
You must expose it to God. Let the pain get into the totality of your life and you will see how the pain will be a blessing to you rather than causing spite and bitterness and anger in you. Got to move on. Go, Got to go to the next text, part of the text. It says 23, and whatever you do, so, and whatever, all, whatever you do, do it, do it what? How, there it is in blue, heartily, all right? So heartily, the Greek term for heartily means do it, it t- refers to origin. So if you're going to do it, where's the origin? Where am I doing it from? Where am I doing it from, Grizz? I'm doing it from the heart. I'm preaching this morning from the heart. Do you get what I'm saying? When I'm styling the hair, when I'm doing Joy's hair, I do it from the heart. I'm just kidding. (laughs) She won't let me. But in other words, you do it from the soul. The term, watch this now, the term is suke. The term that's used there is suke. It's not really from suke, psyche, the heart, the the internal being. It, It is from the soul. He says, whatever you do, do it from the soul. Do it from the breath of your life, the passion of your within. Do it from the livingness of you. The thing that makes you breathe, the thing for which you live, the seat of your feelings. You feel this thing you do, the thing that makes your heart beat. He says, that's what I want you to pick. That's what I want you to do in the world. When you leave this religion, when you grow out of, when you grow up beyond pastors, deacons, and churches, and religious institutions, you develop your own private practice where you breathe on your own. Come on, Tony Braxton, breathe again. So many people are working on lifeless jobs where they say, I can't even breathe on the job. Why? Because they lack the faith to trust God for where they should be. And it takes faith to work in the field you love for less pay or sacrifice or compromises. Everybody's scared to start the thing because you start at the bottom and you got to work your way up where you're already on a job, but you don't like it. You're making six figures, but you don't like it. God says there is no reward in that. In other words, the data I'm collecting from you at a place you're working at where you don't enjoy it, the data I'm collecting is going to work against you on reward day. Oh, it's coming. Wait, I'm going to get there. On judgment day, it's going to work against you because even though you got paid six figures, your attitude was wrong. Your demeanor was wrong. You didn't tell nobody about Jesus. You didn't invite nobody to church. Didn't nobody see the Lord's light in you because you were always bitter, cantankerous, anxietous, and stressed out. Yes, you got the job done. Yes, you built a multi-million dollar business, but you didn't love it. God says, do the thing that you love. Find the thing that makes you pump. Find the thing that turns your hair upside down. And people often reserve their passionate things of life for their so-called private life. In other words, people say one thing in church, but they got a business on the side where they do stuff that ain't public. Oh, come on, man. You ain't going to get with me. People don't feel that your service to God should be what you enjoy doing. People think church is boring. I'm telling you, whatever you do, you driving a crane on a construction site. You better sing that crane, turn that crane, singing Jesus loves me. Yes, he does. In other words, you can find joy 
in serving from a cart on the street. What they call them? Food trucks. You have a food truck in the name of God. You're doing it from the heart. Find your passion. I feel him right now. People feel like being, you'd feel like the church is just church and doing actions has to be godly all the time. Man, LeBron, whoever you are, NBA, playing basketball, playing tennis, Serena, Venus, whatever it is you're doing, do it unto the glory of God. And I want to show you that the things that impact your heart the most is probably where you should be spending most of your energy. You've got to find the thing in your life that gives you a heartbeat, makes your heart palpitate. If you work all day somewhere, but then you go to a side thing and that's where you feel your passion, honey, that's probably where you should be working. But you don't want to work there because you don't make a lot of money. Don't worry about the money. Just get started. God will bring the resources. No one wants to come to church or serve a God that doesn't move them. Who wants to come to church and I don't feel it? Who wants to sing a song and I don't feel it? God says, if you feel me in the church, you got to feel me in the world. You can't only feel good here. Oh, I went to church. I feel so good. But when you went to work, oh, I hate this job. No, if you go to church and you feel good at church, you got to go to work and feel good at work. So God is saying to you at work, he's saying, you feel me? <laughs> Come on, Italian. He said, you feel me, Wendy? You feel me? You're working eight hours. But do you feel me? In other words, you've got to feel God, whatever it is you got in church, you've got to learn the privacy policy out there. So we have got to get our hearts back, our passions back, our real selves back. Stop Stop. I want to know the real you. That's why I don't tell people I'm a pastor because they, they, when they when they find out I'm a pastor, they're like, oh, hey, Ralph, how you doing? They act differently because they know that I'm a pastor. But when they don't know I'm a pastor, they'll be like, what up, Nick? What up? They'll be like, you know, whatever. I'll be like, oh, 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 okay. Wow. Oh, that's you. Yes. I want to see the real you. And then after we become friends, they find out I'm a pastor and they say, oh, man, you didn't judge me. I'm sorry for because I didn't know. He said, that's all right. He said, man, I got mad respect for you. I got married. And they see the God in me because I let them be them. Let people be who they are so you can start being who you, man, I got to move on. I'm running out of time. Watch this now. We have been robbed by religion. I'm going to say it to this camera. We have been robbed. We have been robbed by religious institutions to become robots and fanatics of traditions, staying loyal to a self-enslavement that never releases us into the world to make a real difference at all. And sure, we make a difference at our church, but God said, go ye into all the world and make disciples teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Go make and teach. There it is, GMT. So you have got to go into the world and not just stay in your bubble, your spirit spiritual cubicle. You read a scripture only at night. You better take that scripture. You better write the scripture in your heart. You better run while you're quoting it. You don't have to have the Bible at your job. Put it in your cell phone. Trick them. Think, make them think you're on Facebook, but you're reading. In other words, adapt to the world. Be you in the world. Cat dog. Be on Facebook. Go on Twitter. Whatever it is you're going to be on. Just be who you are. Amen. So watch this now. Stop trying, stop trying to hide stuff every time people come around. Stop trying to hide it. If you, if, if you got to hide it when people come around, you're practicing the wrong privacy policy. All right, got to move on. Come on, come on. Number four, do it. 
Do it for God and not for men. God, I got to hurry up. Do it for God, not for men. Here it is. Do it for God, not for men. So whatever you do, you leave the church, you start your private practice, pick whatever you want. You do it from the heart, out your soul, but you got to do it for God and not for men. All right, come on, wrap this up. But we have to be careful here. Now watch this. Whatever you do, he says, do it for God, not for men, but be careful here because while anything, while anything While anything is an option, the only way it passes the smell test is if we do it as if we're doing it to the Lord. Ooh, this is good. The test is whatever it is you're about to do, whatever you picked out of the world, could you do that to the Lord? Could you, could you do that to the Lord? Can you, wait a minute now, wait a minute now, can you serve God? (laughs) I ain't never going to bring up no examples because I got one on my head, but it ain't even right. It ain't even right to say. So my point is, whatever it is you pick to do, whatever you're doing in business, whatever conversation you're having, can you have that conversation in front of the Lord? If you can't answer yes, then it's not going to get the blessing. Let's go deeper. Look at the text. He says, whatever you do, do it heartily. Where? As to the Lord and not to men. Oh my God, I'm not going to make it. Oh boy. All right. Do it unto the Lord. So he says, as to the Lord, not men. So what does that mean? That means, watch this now. That means you reverence God. Whatever you're doing, you're doing it with an awareness of God. He's always present. That's what I'm talking about, the privacy policy. You know, websites have what's called cookies. Cookies, whenever you go to a website, a cookie gets information from the person attending the website. Google even has where you can turn off certain things of what you have access to. When, whenever There are some sites that say the cookie, the default cookie is we get all your information. So when they put that little disclaimer at the bottom, they say, pick your preferences of the cookie. Usually I only pick the, the, the cookie that says the only the necessary information to make the site functional. In other words, give me the barest minimal of what you do. Do you know why? Do you know why after you search something online and then Google starts popping it up every time you're online, the stuff you were searching becomes ads everywhere because it's tracking the things you click on. It's tracking the stuff. And I'm, oh man, I'm telling you what we should do is start living our life like God is tracking everything we click on. Like every Every conversation we have, every person we meet, we clicked on it. And God, watch this. What God is doing is he's forming ads. He's forming resources. He's forming tools and partners and team members based on the stuff you click on. If you click on things of righteousness, he's going to bring righteous things to you. If you click on things that are positive, he's going to bring positive people to you. If you click on things that are wholesome and pure, then he's going to bring you team members that are faithful and loyal, healthy and pure for you. He's going to surround you with the things you click on. So I'm telling you, get your privacy policy in the understanding that everything you do is under God's watch and he is using that data to form a plan of how he's going to either judge you or bless you. Watch this now. Whatever you do, do it like God is watching. And here's the dynamic and the misnomer of private practice and 
privacy. People call it their private lives because they, they're thinking that privacy is what people can't see. And so you would be amazed, though, at how much people can see the more you traipse across the landscape of the Internet. Now, I don't want to scare you, and I don't want to make you think that all eyes are on you all the time when you're on the Internet. I'm saying that it's possible for people to do so because you ain't nobody. I mean, if you're a billionaire, maybe if you was, you know, um, Amazon boss or whatever, you, you know, people might be trying to tap into you. But we, we're just little people. But what you should know is that it's possible. Do you know that if you're on a network and your camera is on, that somebody, if they hack your network, can look through your camera and see what's happening in your house? Don't you remember when the Ring Network, the cameras and stuff, was hacked and people were getting into people's house, watching people in the houses? Anything that's on the net needs a privacy policy. What I'm trying to get you to see is that your house is on the net. You're on the God net. You're on the spiritual thread of the dimensions of spirituality. You're on the thread that brings life to people. You are the change between one dimension and another. And how you act determines the benefits both for you and the person you bring across that line. If you're a parent, you bring a child into the life, into the world. You take that person from embryonic stage to a full-grown adult. You are responsible for that transfer of life. How you act in front of that child determines how that child acts towards their children. And these generational curses occur because people fail to change the right privacy laws. Ah, never mind. I gotta move on. The trail is here. Listen, but because most of us aren't really significant people, nobody gonna hack us, so don't worry about it. But I say this to say that when you're a Christian, we must get comfortable with understanding that with God, we really don't have a private life. Everything is at his disposal. He sees it all. And even though he doesn't execute immediate judgment on all that we do, our actions still will play a factor in our next point coming up. Our actions are to be distinguished between what is for God and what is for man. So he says, don't be doing it for me. Don't be doing it for your pastor. Don't be changing because your husband asked you. Don't be changing because the doctor changed because God wants you better. So do it unto the Lord, not unto men. He is your master and you must reverence him. So watch this now. Let's go to our last one. Let's get to number five. He says, do it knowing you'll be compensated. All right, payday is coming, y'all. I know I'm already over time. I'm at an hour mark right now. Forgive me, but hang with me. I ain't stopping. Watch this now. He says, do it, do it knowing you'll be compensated. I'm almost done. Doing what you do from your heart of hearts, from your passion and love for God toward God will always yield dividends in your favor. So I've been preaching and saying, well, well, what's going to get me, PC? If I keep doing what's right, if I keep trying to do do the right thing, is, how, how is it going to affect me? How is it going to... So doing what you do from your heart of hearts, doing it to the Lord and not unto men, doing it out of your passion leads to dividends of favor. favor. So you got to know that you will be compensated. We must know that when we step out on faith into to our private practice and stop living our lives in the scrutiny at the scrutiny and acceptance or rejection of others, family members and church members, even pastors. Some of us live hoping our pastors, we please our pastor. I don't want to, don't do it for me. We start learning how living our lives under the scrutiny of God is much better protection. My point is 
Many people live their lives knowing they're being watched, knowing they're being watched by the popo, knowing they're being watched by their neighbors, knowing they're being watched by their spouse, spouse going through their phone, questioning everything. And many people, many people live knowing they're being watched. But what I'm saying is change all of that. Stop acting knowing they're watching, start acting knowing God is watching. And I guarantee you, your actions will be less paranoia. There will be less anxietous. They will be less defensive and argumentative because God ain't getting into an argument with you. <laughs> Boo. He ain't, che- he ain't checking your phone and going to bust you out and say, well, who did, who was this? Who was this? He don't need to confirm that. He knows it. He will use all the data according to what is in your best interest. And I come to tell you that some people who are watching us, they get data on us, but they use it against us. Do you see the sugar hair? so-and-so said did you see what they so-and-so said they're waiting for you to mess up unlike others when God sees us mess up he finds a plan to help us step up when God sees us and approves of our hard work he wants to bless us so I'm saying the outcome of what we do for God is that we will be positively compensated the people who are watching you in your life right now they are like people who want you to criticize you they want to judge you they don't want to invest in you. They don't want to compensate you for blessing them. Somebody ought to thank God right now for this new privacy policy that says for all the work you do, you will be compensated. And the emphasis is on knowing. He says, knowing that you will be compensated. In other words, you've got to know what you know, that what you're doing is right. And God at some point is going to reward you for being faithful. Sometimes I don't get a check from people that used me took advantage of me but I get a reward from God because I know his privacy policy says whatever you did and they didn't pay you for it I saw it and I'll pay you for it God woo come on woo feel like a cheerleader raise my pom poms you will be rewarded for what you do with an inheritance you will have a compensation you will have a recompense that's coming help to you for what you do I'm telling you don't be discouraged or destroyed by whatever attack just stay faithful stay on the grind Terry stay faithful keep praying keep doing what you're doing even if your child ain't acting right just keep praying keep anointing them with oil keep believing God he's going to help make up for the choices you made to serve him faithfully here's the last part of the text he says knowing from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance so you know it and the term for knowing is oida it means to see it it means to perceive with the eyes it means to notice he says you will discern it he says you'll be doing stuff and you'll know I'm gonna bless you you can feel that I'm gonna bless you he says you have learned over your journey this truth things about doing what you do should inform you and in other words while you're working you ought to feel your help coming like I said sometimes I feel my help here I feel, I sense, I know he's been with me before. Let He lets you know payment is coming. He lets you know what you're doing is going to be noticed. He says in, in Corinthians, he says, he says, God has, or Hebrews, he has not forgotten our labor of love. In other words, God says, I have not forgotten that you helped them and they didn't recognize you. He will give you a reward, a recompense. He will repay you. He will, he is the master. He will cut a check for you. 
you. And as you work from your heart, your recompense comes from God. So when you work from the heart, your blessings come from God. To me, one triggers the other. So every time I work from the heart, it moves God to bring something to me. Every time I work from the heart, God says, I got a payment for you. So the more I do, the more he blesses. It's called inheritance. It's called a reward because it is in payment. What you're doing, you can't be paid for. God says, you're a family member and what you get paid is inheritance, which means it already belonged to you in the first place. In other words, you're getting paid with what you already own. This is sick. God says, I've given you the whole world to choose from and you can do whatever you want. And he says, the payment you get, you're already sitting on it because you're inherited it by being a family member. He said, this ain't payment. This is just what's in your bank. God is opening our bank and releasing something. You know how a kid can't get something till they turn 18. God says, until you mature, until you come out of your restrictions, until you grow enough to let people go, until you grow enough to establish your own identity and private practice, he says, I will open the bank where I will open up resources to you and show you how good a God I am. You thought I was good in church. Wait till you get in the world, boo. I will show you things you have got to feel like I'm going to turn around. I'm going to run around having a spizzle ringtone. He says, this is your inheritance. It's a repayment of the inheritance. You simply are rewarded with your inheritance. You get the payment of what's being held in the kingdom. God says, release it. God says, release it. God is saying, now that you've grown up, release it. He's telling the angels, release it. He's saying, "Give." tell the bank to say yes. Tell the job to say yes. Tell the person to say yes. Tell the business to say yes. What God does with the data he collects on you is he rewards you. God uses the data to reward you. He rewards you for daring to go out into private practice. He rewards you for working under this new privacy policy. He rewards you for doing the job. He rewards you for the passion you did it with. He rewards you for making him part of everything you do. God says, finally, finally, he says, what we do is our service. It is not our entitlement. It is our service. And I want to tell you, Sharon, you're not entitled to it. So before you start thinking you all that, God says it is out of service that you get this. I'm leaving with this. Our independence is still our service. Even though I'm on my own and I own my own business, I'm still in a service capacity. Our actions must come from a place of humility and not arrogance. Yeah, you balling now. Yeah, you live on the hill, but you better be low enough to understand on the hill, you still a servant. Paul said in Galatians 5.13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. In other words, people go out on their own thinking that because I'm on my own, I can do whatever I want. Paul said, don't use your liberty. Don't be stupid. Don't use your liberty to think you can talk to people any way you want to. Don't use your liberty to think you can treat people any way you want to. He said, 
you better serve people who are under you. Wow! You better serve people who are under you with humility and love. Come on, somebody. Even freedom has a ruler. Did you hear what I said, Wendy? Even freedom has a ruler. You think you free? Freedom bows down to <laughs> freedom is given by God, and that ruler is God, and we must be reminded of this. So the text says, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. In other words, you are doing this out of service to your Lord Christ. And the text says, Lord Christ. Look at what it says. It says, Lord Christ. Nowhere else in the New Testament, nowhere else in the New Testament does it say Lord Christ. You don't see those two terms together. He says, you are servants of Lord Messiah. (laughs) He says... (laughs) He says you serve the one who bought you with a price. In this text, we have three common terms. He says you serve. That means you're the slave. You have the Lord. That means he's the ruler. And you have the Christ, the Messiah. Well, who's the slave? The slave is me. The slave is me. He says this is what the word serve means. He said to serve means you're a slave. Remember I told you the context of the whole message in Colossians was from slaves, Christian slaves to the master, I'm telling you, even in private practice, you ain't nothing but a slave. (laughs) We are subject to someone. We are to obey someone. We are still subject to God. And the idea is that you can't use someone else's world and not think that the creator of the world can't track what you do in it. In other words, when you go on Facebook, you have a, they have a right to track you because it's their platform. When you go on somebody's website, they have a right to track you because you own their website. When you live your life in the world, God has a right to track you because you live in his world. Papa, come on, Poppy, preach here. He says you have, he has the right to track you and collect data on you because his world. Genesis 1 to 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth and the world. He spoke, said, let there be light. And there was light. He formed the stars, the mountains, the sea, the fish, the bears, man and woman. It all belongs to him. And you got the nerve to wake up in the morning and act like you got a choice to act one kind of way. God says, I am God and beside me there is none other. The idea is that you can't use this world without him tracking what you're doing. So he says, go ahead. Live here. Do whatever you want. Drive what you want. Wear what you want. But no, it all belongs to me. And it's the Lord who lifts up. But it's the Lord who takes down as well. Whatever we want in our best life we ain't nothing but slaves but the Lord is the Lord Ben this ranking refers to the one whom all things exist or belong to he is our owner he is our controller he is our comptroller he is our master he's our office administrator he's our officer of operations he's our manager of operations he's our manager of privacy laws it represents sovereign rule he has the right to do whatever he wants with us while letting us do whatever we want. I'm going to say that again. He has the right to do whatever he wants with us while he gives us the right to do whatever we want. Christ is the Messiah, Lord, and Christ. He is the anointed one. It means
means he's anointed. He's gifted to be the privacy officer. He's gifted to handle your data. He is called to that position. He has earned that right because he came to earth. He died in your place. He was the substitutionary death for you. He earns the right to be called Messiah. He is your permission. His oil is our spirit. His crushing is our rising. So I say to all of you today, in rolling up the scripture all together, I'm saying to you, if I had to capsulize it in my own paraphrase, I would say out of all things in the world, whatever you choose to do, out of the all, do it from your soul as if God is watching you at all times, knowing that if he's watching you, he will reward you accordingly from your inheritance, for you are serving your Lord and your Christ. I'm PC, and that's all I've got.